about 800 miles due south southeast of our remote studio lies a land full of dense forests, sweltering swampland, and active volcanoes. Early efforts by the Spanish to colonize this area failed due to its inhospitable terrain and equally inhospitable natives. It was not until the mid-16th century that a permanent settlement was created in the cooler, fertile highlands, not far from its modern-day capital. By the early 19th century, the settlement had grown into a nation, and in 1821, they declared their independence from the Spanish. Fast forward to 1968, when one of the many volcanoes which dot the landscape rose out of a many hundred years sleep and erupted, destroying three nearby towns and becoming one of the most active volcanoes in the world. But in 2010, this volcano, Mount Arenal, went back to sleep. Yet it would be only a few years until another surprise eruption occurred, when this small nation's national football team shocked the world by making the quarterfinals in the 2014 World Cup. This week on Joe Picks a World Cup team, Costa Rica. States no football, but not football it seems. So now he needs a surrogate. Dan will help him look for it. They'll have decisions to make, like how much genocide's a deal break. Joe picks a World Cup team. He's crossing borders to find out who's for him. What more could you ask for? It's time to stamp your Joe picking passport. So grab your bottle and pour. Let's hope he doesn't start a war. Damn, what an intro. I feel like the new intro is more serious than the other 99% of our podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're setting the bar, and it's going to take a weird turn for people who are new to the podcast. I feel like, Joe, we should set the bar really high and just disappoint everybody, but hopefully... The intro plus Jeff's theme should be the best two minutes of the podcast. Let's try it, Dan. No jokes. Okay. Well, I, for, for full disclosure, there's a new podcast which I started listening to, which I've fallen in love with, called Doughboys. It's amazing. It is a very, well, let's just say the gravitas in the intro is far above the level, the average level during the podcast. And look, I cribbed it, Joe. I stole it. I love it. I think it's great to start off the podcast with high gravitas and just really just throughout the episode show what you got, which is a level of gravitas that's much lower. Look, with the amount of cribbing that's going on with ESPN and now USA doing a whole TV show stealing our Joe Picks an NFL team idea, I'm okay with us cribbing an intro from someone else. It is true. Everybody steals from us, Joe. And what credit do we get? We get none. I, I mean, I, we, we might get a royalty check. I don't know. When was the last time you checked your mail? I have no idea. <laughs> Should we sue ESPN, Joe? Ooh, actually, due to pending legal action, we're not allowed to discuss this issue. Yeah, I'm not podcast. Anyways, Joe, to set the stage, you and I are sitting across from each other live in Cancun, Mexico. And as stated in the intro, we are now, both of us live on the west coast of the United States, Thousands of miles away from the subject of today's I was podcast. About this. this is the closest 
I think I've ever been to Costa Rica physically. It is for me as well. And one thing I realized as we were in Mexico was, Joe, we should have actually done the Mexico episode while we were in Mexico. I know. It was was (laughs) a missed opportunity. That was a real mistake. But we're going to salvage it and we're going to do Costa Rica, which is very close to Mexico. And Joe, the start of every episode is the drink. What are we drinking, Dan? Well, I'll tell you what we're drinking, Dan. We're disappointingly drinking a combination of rum and lime Perrier. So, which is not the drink that Superfan Sean Superfan Sean drink for Costa Rica said we had to drink guaro. This is a drink. The, the, it's like the national drink of Costa Rica, and I've got a little ditty about guaro in its significance. In Costa Rica, this is from Wikipedia, the government nationalized its manufacture of guaro in an effort to quell the clandestine production of liquor. So it actually is the national drink. It literally is the national drink. And basically, if you're in Costa Rica, you either buy this nationalized type of liquor, guaro, that's literally produced by the government, or you get some clandestine version of it. But the clandestine versions... It's like... Bathtub guaro, but but yeah. basically, but but bathtub guaro is like only a cultural tradition. It's not like a business because the government can like undercut everybody. So <laughs> if you're having bathtub guaro, it's because like you're well. Frankly, guaro was so hard to find. Yeah, we should have just made our own bathtub guaro. <laughs> we should. So that gets to it. We're in Mexico. We thought, oh, we'll have a much easier chance of finding guaro in Mexico than than I would in San Francisco and you would in Seattle, but. Now that we're here, I think that is incorrect because I know there's a Costa Rican supermarket in San Francisco and I have gone to five different liquor stores, five different bars, and every time I ask for Guaro, the look I get on the face of the people is either, no, we don't serve Guaro or no, Guaro Guaro is not a thing that exists. I don't know what you're saying. I mean, I think the problem, Dan, is that when you ask for guaro, because you're an American, I think that they just think that you're mispronouncing something in Spanish, <laughs> that you think you speak Spanish and you're asking for something normal, but you don't know the Spanish word. Yeah. Well, I thought, and I would sometimes say, oh, it's a Costa Rican drink. And then I was worried though, well, maybe Costa Rica doesn't actually meet as like the wrong word in Spanish, but I looked it up and it is like Nation de Costa Rica or I mean, whatever. Costa Rica is Spanish. So yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. <laughs> yeah. But... I still think that it's like, it's still like a little bit like offensive. Like, oh, it's a Costa Rican drink. So you guys have that here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they should. It's so close, Joe. Yeah. But we don't have like specific Canadian drinks in, I guess we have. Like, yes, we do, beer, Joe. So. All right. Fair enough. We yeah. have Canadian whiskey too. Yeah. Like if you came to a US bar and asked for Canadian whiskey, they'd be like, all right. The thing is, Joe, you go to a Mexican bar, they have drinks from Argentina, drinks from Chile. Drinks from America, drinks from Spain, drinks from France. They've got literally everything. But you go and you're like, could I get anything from Costa Rica? No. Maybe the Costa Rican national government needs to do better on its distribution. Either this guaro is the greatest drink ever and the government has like a lockdown on it. It's like a monopoly or it's terrible. Hey, but you know what though? You know what this helps me with? When you quiz me on the biggest export from Costa Rica, guess what I know it's not? Oh. Not <laughs> They're not exporting that shit anywhere. All right, Joe, you know what? You've already said it. Let's jump into So due to my new intro, which I believe has set the stage, we're going to have an abridged version of everybody's favorite segment, Homeland Handbook. Let's get right into it. 
You already have the background, so let's just learn about the people. Somebody who lives in Costa Rica is a Costa Rican. A group of them are Costa Ricans, and they're all, you guessed it, Costa Rican. Their language is Spanish. Their religion, 76% Roman Catholic, 13% Evangelical Christians. Very religious, very Christian nation. And the capital city is San Jose. And now we get to everybody's favorite segment, Joe Guesses, the things about this country. But we've already done one pre-guessing segment, which I'm going to play now. And Joe, feel free to talk over yourself talking over it. Here we go. Joe, we're doing a little game. Okay. I like to call Pick Costa Rica Out on a Map. Joe? Oh. Joe, you are up. I'm displaying to you a map of Central America. Pick Costa Rica out on the map. Don't delay. Joe, this is live. This is happening on the podcast. I'm not going to delay. Show me where it is. Uh, I want to like... Okay. 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 So, well, that's Mexico. That's Panama. It's somewhere in between these two. (laughs) You've really narrowed it down, Joe. Yeah. Okay. And we know it's coastal because its name is Costa... Okay. Uh, <laughs> My deductive reasoning is sound. It, it, it's this bad boy right there. It's that bad boy right there. Okay. I'm locking in your entry, Joe. Yep. We'll figure out whether you are right or wrong later in this podcast. But that is locked in right now. Yeah. It's locked in. We're back live, Joe. I think I got it right, Dan. Wow. Oh. He's an idiot. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Joe, on the map, what did you, I pick? you picked out none other than a team which almost qualified for the World Cup but did not, Honduras. Oh, you missed Costa Rica by two countries. <laughs> Costa Rica, in fact, borders Panama. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're off. And now, Joe, you're already 0 for 1. Try to save yourself. Joe, what is Costa Rica's chief export? I think I know this one. Okay, well, Joe... You were confident that you could pick Costa Rica out on a map. You were wrong. You were confident. Though. You were off by two countries. Okay. Look. I guarantee you, Joe, if you get the number one export of Costa Rica, I will literally eat this glass I'm drinking out of right now. But I feel like the number two export, which I will give you if you get it correct, is fair game. Okay. And we'll finally hear what the sound clip is when you get it right. Costa Rica. Costa Rica is in the belt of countries that are able to produce both Coffee and chocolate. So I have to imagine that it is coffee. Joe? Oh, no. For real? He's an idiot. (laughs) Idiot. Costa Rican coffee. (laughs) No, Joe. The correct answer is their number one chief export is straight out of left field. Is... (laughs) Guaro. No. It's Guaro. Fuck, it's Guaro. Medical instruments. God damn it. What the fuck? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> they're, a, they're, they're a high-tech country. <laughs> well, I know. I understand that, but they also produce... Like, okay. Panama's biggest export is, like, a canal. Like, <laughs> But Costa Rica, they don't have a canal. Medical instruments. But they're number two export... Wait, so, so there's a doctor out there who's like, these Costa Rican scalpels. God damn it, they're the best. They're the best! I'm, you're saying that jokingly, but that's actually the truth. Next time I go to the doctor, I'm going to be like, 
Is that a Costa Rican stethoscope? Because I don't want you to touch it. You better ask for it. I mean, if you're in Mexico, I think you ask for Costa Rican. I think if you're in America, I don't know. Maybe you ask for Canadian or something. I don't know. I don't want to begrudge the Costa Ricans. But their number two export, Joe, I thought you had a real shot at this, is bananas slash tropical fruits. Oh, Huge exporter of bananas, passion fruit, other things. I could have said any fruit. You would have given it to me. If you had said any fruit, you would have had it. Joe... Save yourself. You've already heard some information from the intro. You already know stuff. Out of the 32 countries in the World Cup, where does the Costa Rican population lie? Okay. Costa Rica is tiny. There's volcanoes erupting left and right. So the, like, livable area is probably smaller than most countries, too. Probably mostly on the coast. So I'm going to guess that it's small. You didn't listen to the intro at all, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> if I, you did, you know where volcano. all the people live. The fertile highlands, Joe. That's where the, the people live. Sure. Yeah. But then they travel to the coast. You just... Costa Rica is in your head. <laughs> and you're just... <laughs> Look, it's a rich coast, Dan. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, the correct answer is that they are 29th. Gola! I got it. You were close. You're within three, though. That's all you have to do, Joe. They're 28th. Oh, right there. Close enough. They are 122nd in the whole world in population with 4.9 million people. Wow. Population of New York City is higher than this. So they are a tiny country, one of the smallest in the World Cup. And yet, as we heard in the intro... Made the quarterfinals. I know. It really puts that into context. They must be one of the smallest countries ever to make it that far. I, I honestly would not be shocked if it was. And Joe, I'm so excited you got something right because I was really, really very excited to play this. An idiot. Idiot. But I now have to play this. I have never seen such a thing. <laughs> you did it. You did it, Joe. You didn't have to get the idiot soundbite in one more time. I got it right. I, I really wanted to, Joe. <laughs> I really wanted to. And Joe, everybody at home doesn't realize this, but the whole format's changing for this podcast. We're th- Everything's different. We're throwing it all out. If you fell in love with the format of the first two episodes, just delete this podcast now. Take your five-star review, change it to one star. <laughs> Everything's different. <laughs> Except for the first section, which is going to be the same, Joe. Before we get into the madness that's going to follow, we're going to do the too good, too bad, Joe. So that category is changing a bit too, Dan. So for the first category, too good, too bad, we're actually combining that category, which for our first two episodes was mostly World Cup history, with what was our second category. Third category. Which, which what was you're, you're, an, you're an expert of the categories, category, Joe. Which was... Path to qualification. We realize they're basically the same category, so we're still going to talk about... You have the expertise of somebody who doesn't edit or listen to any of these podcasts, Joe. Look, look. I listened to us talk about this once. That's (laughs) enough. Uh, The first category, we're still going to talk about whether or not the team's too good or too bad, their World Cup history, and we're still going to talk about their path to qualification. We're just going to do it as one item. Are they too good or too bad? So we're essentially bringing... Road to qualification and too good, too bad, and World Cup history, that's going to become number one. Yeah. Now, for everyone at home worried about how this is going to affect Sweden and Australia's relative score, we're going to average 
those two categories and make them one point. Nobody is worried about that. We have tons of fans who are worried about it. This is going to upset betting markets, Dan. For our Australian fans, they're already out. For our Swedish fans, they're still going to be in, Joe. They love it. Nothing changes. Except for, let's just jump right into it. Category number one, is a team too good or bad? And their World Cup history. If you listen to the intro, which you, of course, did not pay attention to at all, Joe, you would know that Costa Rica made the quarterfinals in the 2014 World Cup, which was a shocking result. They came out of the group of death in the 2014 World Cup, which included England, Italy, and the team we're actually doing next, Uruguay. Oh, my God. They came into this group. And they won that group. They came into the group saying, Costa Rica is just an afterthought. Obviously, Italy and England, they're the favorites to win the group. They get a win over Uruguay, they get a win over Italy, and a draw with England, and I believe they had already qualified into that third game with England. In their round of 16 match, they get, I I dare say, an an easier matchup than average with Greece, but hey, you get an easier matchup when you win the group. They get group, it's a 1-1 draw, they win 5-3 on penalty kicks, very, very exciting, and in the quarterfinals, they take the Netherlands all the way to penalty kicks after a nil-nil draw, but they lose 4-3 on penalty kicks. Now, if we go back, they didn't qualify in 2010. They didn't make it out of their group in 2002 or 2006. The last time they made it out of the group was in 1990 when they lost to Czechoslovakia in the round of 16, a nation which no longer exists. So this is a nation which, honestly, as I said in the intro, really shocked the world with their performance in... 2014. And to go from not qualifying in 2010 to quarterfinal in 2014. I mean, it's amazing. That's the dream for US fans, right? It's amazing. Yeah. So, Joe, how do they qualify for this year's World Cup? Well, coming off their 2014 quarterfinal appearance, they were actually the number one ranked team going into CONCACAF qualification, just obviously based on FIFA's stupid rankings. But look, they made the fucking quarterfinals. So, they won their group, their first group. 5-0-1 to make it into the Hex, beating Panama, Haiti, and Jamaica, crushing them. They go into the Hex, and Joe, they finish 4-2-4 with 16 points and a plus 6 goal differential, 14 goals scored, 8 goals allowed. They qualified for the World Cup with one game to go, which honestly had very important significance to the United States because after they secured... Their qualification with a 1-1 draw against Honduras, they, in their last game against Panama, they had nothing to play for. Absolutely nothing. And they were leading Panama 1-0, but they gave up two more goals, ended up losing to Panama 2-1, and made no, absolutely no difference to them. They had already qualified, yep. but that spelled yeah, doom. It was one of, one of three games. It spelled doom. That ruined it. And of course, the goal scored in that game was in the 88th minute. It was a 1-1 draw, which still the U.S. would have qualified. But with the goal in the 88th minute, Panama secured their trip to the World Cup. And they're in the World Cup, and we'll talk about them later. Uh, and so Costa Rica basically, second in CONCACAF. Honestly, came in as the number one seed. Really was never in doubt the whole way. They they had a, a pretty good qualification. And let's see how they're in the World Cup. So their odds to get out of the group stage, show are 25%. So they are, again, yeah, yeah, exactly. they're again the underdog. 
And we'll talk about the group a little later, but I mean, this isn't an unusual thing for a CONCACAF team, but CONCACAF teams aren't, aren't, aren't thought of very highly in the international right. stage, right. certainly based on the betting odds. So the odds of getting the round of 16, 7%. The odds of getting the quarterfinals, which they got to in the last World Cup, 2.5%. Odds of getting the semis, 1%. Finals, 0.6%. And the winner of the World Cup, 0.3%, which puts their odds at 250 to 1 to win the World Cup if you want to put money on them. Joe, is Costa Rica too good or too bad for your liking? I mean, they're a super interesting team because as far as I know, you know, and I know that they have good players, it's not like they are a team that wasn't good before and then has one or two amazing players. So now they're going to, you know, that they have like a Messi or whatever that can like propel them forward. Yeah. Right? They were a shock in 2014. So the question is really, was that just an eruption, Joe? An eruption. They <laughs> was that just a fluke, which it could have been, right? I mean, absolutely. Look, weird things happen in sports all the time, and when weird things happen in sport, the odds of them happening again are very low, or they're just as low as they were before the first time it happened. So, <laughs> and they don't they don't lower because of it, though maybe they do in a way because people are like gunning for Costa Rica now. Boy, this is a great handicapping, Joe. <laughs> My point is, you know, the flip side, are they just good? Are they a good, scrappy team? Like, I have to imagine it, with other sports, like, I remember being in Boston when the Patriots won that Super Bowl against the Rams, and everyone thought that it was like a fluke. And then they were the Patriots, and they were great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the first time that Gonzaga went really far in in the tournament, it was like, oh, this fucking scrappy team, Gonzaga, right? But I mean, then, just look at the good. data. Costa Rica comes out. They're an underdog. They win this group of death. They make it all the way to quarterfinals. They come to qualifying the next year. They qualify with one game left. I mean, the vaunted, the United fucking States of America is relying on a last game thing. Costa Rica has already qualified, finishes second in the group, no problem. So I think that, you know, in a way, they're actually a good mix of not too good, not too bad. They're, they're, they're definitely not too good, but they have recent history to show that they're not too bad either. And frankly... There should be a little CONCACAF pride, and we should want Costa Rica to do well. So I think this is a really good cat. I, I think this is an eight and a half out of ten. Eight and a half. If Costa Rica were going on a run, if it looked like it was going to happen again, how do you not root for them? Like, You've how got is to. it not exciting? You've got to root for right? them. So if They're so tiny. They're so anyway, awesome. Why shouldn't they be your team that yeah. you root for? Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, Joe, we've gotten to the second category except for... We're mixing things up. Okay. Right. That's it up. We get it. We're not doing it in order anymore. That's out. We're trying something new. We're mixing it up. <laughs> Joe, we have a set of Uno cards taken from your children. Do I get to shuffle them? You can shuffle them. So I have the Uno cards 2 through 12. There's a wild card in there. If that comes up, you can pick whatever category you want. <laughs> Okay. You're shuffling right now. But if you pick a number, we're just doing that category. You know, I have to put these back in the Uno deck. Otherwise, your children... I don't think they're going to notice. No, they're Uno savants. If, okay. if they, <laughs> they take this shit real serious. <laughs> they take Uno very serious. All right, Joe. Reveal the top Uno card. Tell us what we're doing. 
<laughs> what a stupid wow, wow. So excited. Wow. Two, Joe. <laughs> he has revealed two. Uh, this is so exciting. Rate the group. Oh, my goodness, Joe. What's it going to be like to be talking about this next? So, Joe, Costa Rica is in group E. This group contains themselves, Costa Rica. It contains Serbia. It contains Switzerland. And at the tippy top of the group, none other than Brazil. Wow. If we look at the odds, we've got Brazil is a 73% favorite to win and 88% favorite to advance. Which is super interesting because Brazil kind of like shot the bed in the last tournament. I wouldn't say shot the bed. They did not look good. They looked okay until they got their fucking asses crushed by Germany. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't look great. Even in the group stage, they were like limping. Limping is fine, but they were still winning. They weren't looking like Brazil. In Brazil. I understand. But I feel like the pressure really got to them. Yeah, maybe. Anyways. Well, look, when you're evaluating this group, evaluate how you feel about Brazil. Brazil is obviously the favorite in this group. Yeah. Then we've got Switzerland with a 13% chance to win, about a 50% chance to advance. Then Serbia, out of fucking nowhere. I mean, Serbia has Novak Djokovic, an absolute tennis powerhouse, but the football team, whatever, 9% chance to win, about a 40% chance to advance, and lowly Costa Rica, a 5% chance to win the group, and a 21% chance to advance, which I'm sure, if you looked at the percentages last World Cup in the group of death, it would have been the same. Or, Or lower, yeah. So this is what the New York Times says about Group E. And it's very Brazil-centric because, of course, who cares about Costa Rica? But we do. Group E is not as good for Brazil as Group C is for France. Serbia, Switzerland, and Costa Rica is a relatively kind section for Brazil's team. However, the battle to join them in the last 16 will be absolutely fascinating as there is not much between those three teams and there may not be many goals between them either. Ooh, that's throwing some shade. It's all here. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties. <laughs> you can use that. <laughs> you know, I think this is a fine group. I think I can definitely see Costa Rica's pathway out of this group. And I think it's true that Brazil is clearly the strong, strong favorite to win the group. Absolutely. But there's going to be two teams out of the group. And I think their odds are fine against Switzerland and Serbia. Serbia. It makes sense that they might be on the lower end of that, but they're going to make it through or they're going to have like a fine shot at it at least. And they'll be playing to the last. I mean, they've got the confidence from last World Cup. They're tested. What's the order of their games? So their first opening game is against Serbia. Mm -hmm. Then they play Brazil. Then in their final game, they play Switzerland. So It's good because if if they – I mean, it all hinges on, on them beating Serbia. They must beat Serbia. They must they beat, beat Serbia. Serbia. It sort of doesn't matter what happens in, in that Brazil game. Though I guess you would love to play Brazil last because it might not matter for Brazil. Yeah, but I think, look, the Brazilians, they're always going to want to beat you. Right. So, look, you beat Serbia, even if you lose to Brazil, assuming that Brazil beats Switzerland, then that last game is for all the marbles. That was against Roland Marble. If they beat Serbia, it doesn't matter what happens with right. Brazil. Right. It's the same. I mean, right. I, I think this is this is what you want. Now, the it's thing is, to have a pathway in your group where you say, 
you could be in a position where even you could be at in that game with the toughest team in your group and say even even losing this is okay. If somehow you draw, you're in amazing position. If you're in the second game with Brazil, Brazil's up one zero. Brazil just wants to win. They don't care. Yeah, but Costa Rica says, hey, we yeah. just want the one goal differential, and yeah. we're fine. Yeah. And you might get into a nice situation where if you're in the first the game— teams are parking the bus. Yeah, yeah, you might get— <laughs> Passing it back. Because if in the first game, Brazil needs to run up the score, right. you know, whoever they're playing. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a—you know, this group does not have the excitement of the, of the groups we've talked about previous. So, you know— like I was saying, you go to the World Cup, you also want to be playing the best of the best. Brazil's great, but it's sort of a sleepy group, I think. But I do like the fact that Costa Rica has a pathway out of it. So I'm going to say 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. I like it. Yeah. It, you, there is one point, which is true, that you've talked about previously. If Costa Rica loses to Serbia, they're literally an afterthought in the World Cup. It's like, nobody exactly. will watch them. Their whole World Cup. Yeah, they're, they're done. If they beat Serbia, they become interesting, but they'll never have, even Australia will have a landmark game. Yep, yep. All right, Joe, number two is done in order. And just so people don't think it's rigged, pick something that's not three, Joe. Pick from the Uno deck. Four. Okay, we're moving along. Well, actually, it turns out three doesn't exist anymore, so I actually don't know what that would mean because road to qualification is there. But Joe, so we're actually... Still going. In complete order. In order. The top player to watch. And Joe, as we get into the top player to watch, I don't want to confuse this with the best player on the team. Because nobody would argue the best player on the Costa Rican team. The best player on the Costa Rican team is obviously Keylor Navas, their goalie, who plays, who's the goalkeeper for Real Madrid. Nobody would argue that. But that's not what David is looking for. David is looking for the player to watch that you might not know, you might not heard of, and when you watch, it's going to be very exciting to see this player yeah. and see yeah. what this player can right. do. Look. And David's right, because even if we wanted the, the, the most exciting player to watch, it's never the keeper. Keepers are great. You want the best keeper, but it's not like 90% of the time, the keeper's not even in the frame of like what you can watch on the screen. I don't know. I think the keeper would be pretty exciting, Joe. I don't know about that. But look, it's your it's your choice. So anyways, David has picked Joel Campbell out of Rio Betis, Sevilla. He's a 25-year-old right-wing striker. Love a nice right-winger. 14 goals in 70 appearances. One of the few players who made it to one of the top leagues. He has been struggling on loan for the last few years. Oh, boy. He's been at Lorient, Betis, Sevilla, Olympiakos, Pirat. Oh, that's, that's, that's the Greek league. You don't want to be on that. Anyways, still probably one of the few players to watch other than, of course, the goalie. He's got a strong left foot. He's dynamic and powerful. Joe, he's a devout Christian reciting Psalm 27 before every game. He would juggle cans on the streets of San Jose. Before the friendlies, he was spotted doing this by national team manager Ricardo La Volpe. In announcing it Campbell's... seem to be a juggler, because you wouldn't think that a soccer player is that good with their hands. I'm assuming this is his juggle with his feet, Joe. I mean, that's, that's great, then. Well, I don't, I, do you call that juggling? Joe, have you ever played soccer before? Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't really call that juggling, though. Is that what it's called? Yeah, juggling the ball. He's an idiot. Idiot. <laughs> I mean, it makes more sense for sure. He would juggle cans on the streets of San Jose 
before the friendlies who was spotted doing this by national team manager Ricardo Lavolpe in announcing Campbell's inclusion to the squad. Lavolpe said, Who is Messi? Who is Neymar? Gentlemen of the press, I present to you Campbell. I discovered him playing with cans. That sets the bar pretty high for him. That sets the bar incredibly high. In FIFA, his rating, 77. His potential, 80. David's rating on the scale, although I think his scale might be out of five. I can't tell. Is three. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I love the backstory. Discovered on the streets, the mean streets of Costa Rica, outside of a medical supply company. Well, (laughs) people on the Costa Rica national team were almost certainly found on the mean streets of San Jose. So you're saying if you and I went down to Costa Rica right now and just like played hacky sack in the streets, like we'd have a good chance of being like a reserve on the team. If they hadn't made the quarterfinals, yes. I think this is all right. This is an all right player to watch. It's a good backstory. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of ten. A four and a half out of ten. Wow. Joe, what's the next category, Joe? Flip over that Uno card. Seven. Seven. Now we're moving. We're jumping straight into everybody's favorite category, atrocities. Oh, all right. Let's talk about it. Thank you to... Fan Emeritus Josh PhD for this research. He says, Costa Rica is pretty chill. It's the most stable country in the region. I can't find anything bad. In fact, they're actually helping with atrocities and global crises. They've been very welcoming to refugees from nearby Nicaragua, which has been racked by civil war and violence throughout its history. Costa Rica is even pretty good on environmental issues. Minor note, Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar? Isla Nublar, off the west coast of Costa Rica, was the setting for Michael Crichton's... Yeah, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park! I knew that. I knew that. Wow. And that... Well, Josh says that got pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, those dinosaurs did kill a lot of people. Josh says atrocity level, extra mild. That is pretty mild. I I mean... If you're reaching for fictional dinosaurs, who frankly didn't kill that many people on like the genocide scale. They really just killed the Newman from Seinfeld. Yeah. Who else got killed? And and at least you could say about those dinosaurs, as far as I could tell from the movies, it wasn't racially motivated. (laughs) Wait, and Newman was stealing from, did any like positive character get killed? No, it was Newman. It was the like really annoying lawyer character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares if it's dangerous? I want money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're like, wait, that guy's going to die. Uh, I think that guy was Jewish, though, so... Yeah, yeah, and I think that... um, Oh, there was the guy who was, like, the the raptor wrangler, who was, like, clever girl. (laughs) You remember that? (laughs) No. Because they were hunting him, and he, like, he appreciated how well they hunted him (laughs) right before he died. I don't remember it, Joe. But I've, I've actually been to a Jurassic Park watch party after about 30 minutes i was like these animate these animatronics aren't good enough for my taste well we, i mean at the time it's fairly impressive but i live right now joe uh this is great this is great i'm surprised that there weren't some atrocities during like the you know conquistador era or whatever but as you heard during my explanation I think this is a particularly inhospitable land, so I think the Spanish, when they came... Well, look, 
I trust Fan Emeritus's Fan Emeritus. Fan Emeritus. Look, Josh has a PhD in history. He knows what he's talking about. I trust his research. Yeah. So if he's not bringing it up, that means that he, he's, he's scoured. He's literally scoured. Yeah, right. He has access to the like Harvard library where you like have to go in and use that ladder to like climb yeah. up. He's, he's, he's probably looking at microfiche. <laughs> he's, there are microfiche. If he hasn't looked at microfiche, I'll be upset. Yeah, he's, oh, he's definitely microfiched it up. He's, he's fiche it. Oh man. We're totally going to make that popular again. <laughs> <laughs> What's your score, Joe? I'm going to give us a 10 out of 10. Wow. Some country has to be a 10 out of 10 in this category. Joe, that's the first 10 out of 10 in the series. And frankly... Deserved? It feels deserved. It feels deserved. They're actually helping? If they're, they're helping... Their medical supplies are used around the world to save lives, Dan. <laughs> I, I can't argue with you. If, if Josh can't find a single thing negative, he has positive things. Here's my only question, Josh. Did the Nazis use Costa Rican medical supplies when doing their experiments on the Jews. Okay. That's what I want to know. Joe. Joe. Because <laughs> if so, I'm downgrading the score. Pick the next card. What does that mean? Oh, reverse means 10. <laughs> <laughs> Rate the kit! Let's talk about the kit, Dan. Wild means you can pick, but reverse means 10. <laughs> wow. Look at this kit, Dan. First of all, it's a New Balance kit, which is rare. My dad's favorite sneaker. That's New my Balance. dad's favorite sneaker. I, I think it's a generational thing. And also, it's the only sneaker that's wide enough for his foot. Complete brand loyalty to New Balance. Like any other shoe, he'll never buy a shoe that's not New Balance. Right, right in, super fans, if your dad also. <laughs> I think we're onto something here. Maybe it is a generational thing. Your dad and my dad could not be more different. That's true. The one thing they haven't got. This is great. Next time they're together, I know what we need to talk are. about the New Balance. Like so, so how about those New Balance sneakers? You, you get the new whatever they call the noobs. <laughs> the noobs is that what? The, I don't the know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this kid's pretty great, Dan. It it has a, a a white and blue stripe in the like sash pattern, which is one of my favorites because it reminds me of that great it's U.S. jersey. Definite sash pattern. Uh, but but it mixes things up by having, like, spikes. It's like a serrated sash. Right. I'll tell you the two things I like. One, I think it might be a reference to Tyrannosaurus Rex Teeth from Jurassic Park, <laughs> the greatest film to ever be filmed in Islam Nublar, take place in Islam Nublar. So I think that that's why they did it. Or maybe it's like a comb. A white comb? It could be. A white could, sideways comb. It could be a comb. It could be a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It could be an homage to their many active volcanoes. That's true. That's true. Whatever it is, Dan, I love it. It is. You're right. Both the home and away jerseys do have the same sash pattern, and they have the same. It's just in contrasting colors. Like, it's, it's not. They don't seem to have a different jersey it no. seems to me the home jersey and the away jersey are the same it's it's just they switch the primary and secondary colors and honestly it's great New it looks it looks it looks good both ways yeah it's great oh and look even it's the end from the new balance also has it is that just the new balance logo is this just i think that's the new balance oh, logo. So new balance just going going all in on the brand 
recognition there. I think Costa Rica might be their only <laughs> the only team they could get. They probably bought in cheap after the, the, the nation of Costa Rica is sponsored by New Balance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him. Look, you got to get that, that New Balance money where you can. <laughs> that dad sneaker money is going to spend itself. All right. This is this is great. This is great. Let's give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Wow. Pick the next Uno card. Let's see where we're going next. 5. 5. History with the U.S. Men's National Team. Thanks to super fan Luke, maybe? I'm not sure who did this research. In the team's history, the U.S. has played 31 games against Costa Rica. Shocking. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. It does make sense. We're in the same conference. The U.S. has won 15 times, drawn 5, and lost 16. I mean, it's like almost exactly down the middle. The most recent match was on September 2nd in the final round of qualifying where Costa Rica beat our meek loser, lame U.S. men's national team to zip, helping to push us out of the World Cup picture. As rivalries go, as rivalries go with small Central American countries, this is a good rivalry. The teams are evenly matched and play each other regularly due to similar geographic location. Here's the thing with Costa Rica. Sure, have they beaten us? Did they contribute to the current state that we're in? Absolutely. I mean, Definitely. even... You know, their their most important contribution was a game that wasn't even against us, obviously. It was a Panama game. But I don't think anyone's making the claim that they threw the Panama game. I mean, they just didn't care about it. But they didn't have to care about it. It was our job to beat Trinidad and Tobago. That was our job. It was our job. Or to draw them. Arguing for a team to play, the U.S. just had to fucking draw Trinidad and Tobago. That's right. And that had nothing to do with Costa Rica. It had nothing to do with Costa Rica. And Costa Rica, of course... If honestly, if the U.S. had nothing to play for and Mexico was on the border, Why would we care? of course we throw the game. If we had a coach, we throw it. If we had a president, <laughs> we'd be like, put in Christian Pulisic, stay in Germany. Put in fucking our aging stars. Well, and actually, call back Alexi Wallace. Call back Landon Donovan. Have them field the team. Get them more caps, which we know they want, and lose. And great. Or fucking or, or keep or Mexico at. And Costa Rica may well have been doing this. Cap some young players. Yeah. Cap some young players who might want to go play elsewhere. Get them experience. Right. I don't want to give them a boost for the CONCACAF thing in two categories, but I'm going to anyway. We're going to have history with any CONCACAF team, but it's nice to root for a CONCACAF team that isn't our main rival. They're not Mexico. Right. They're not Mexico. And in that way, it's, it's kind of, we have, it's kind of a positive history, right? Like, we have played a lot, but I don't feel like there's any... I can't not root for can't. Costa Rica. Right. When Costa Rica was ex- was going far in the 2014 World Cup, I was fucking rooting for them. Let's say 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. I like it. I love that, Joe. God, I love Costa fucking Rica. <laughs> Dan, have you found your new team? We don't want to jump the gun on that. I don't want to jump the gun. Joe, flip over the next Uno card. Let's see where we're going next. Three. It's, we, it's done. Three this time. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. So Joe has... The null card, which I believe, based on my scheme, means 11, National Anthem, but I've kind of forgotten. The origin story of this National Anthem, Joe. Himno Nacional de Costa Rica. Okay. Spanish for Costa Rican National Anthem. (laughs) 
Thanks Who's this from, by the way? Thanks for that, Tony. That's from Super Fan Tony, who also Fan won... Fan Emeritus Tony. Fan Emeritus Tony, who also won the goddamn Fantasy Football League. Wins the Cup of Joe. Wins the Cup of Joe. The first ever. Etc. Congratulations. Congrats. Well, I'm congratulating Tony. You're pretty bitter about it, no, Joe. No, no. He, he, he deserves it. <laughs> You're pretty bitter about it. Yeah. You've been bitter all day. I'm over it, though. I'm okay, okay. The Himno Nacional de Costa Rica is the national anthem of Costa Rica. It was originally adopted in 1853 to be played when the U.S. and English ambassadors came to negotiate. The music was composed by the director of the National Army's Orchestra, Manuel Maria Gutierrez. When the president came to him to create the anthem, he resisted, saying he didn't know anything about art or music composition, and then he was thrown into prison and promised that he would not be released until he produced a usable piece Wait, of music. Wait, is this a real story? First of, all, first of all, I love the idea that they're like, holy shit, there's some ambassadors coming. Guys, guys, we don't have a national anthem. Everyone else is going to have one. It's going to be goddamn embarrassing. You there. Write us one. And the guy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know how to write music. Fuck you. Go to jail and write us fucking national anthem. Joe, I would love to say. <laughs> I would love to No. I would love to say. That's not what I, I'm just reading the research. This is crazy. Super Fantoni is giving it. I haven't read it before. I haven't pre-read is this. Is he fucking with us? No, he says. This is the craziest story. He says fun facts. The origin story. The guy got in prison, has a right of song to be free. <laughs> what is, are the Spanish lyrics like, please let me out? I don't know. It's going to be in Spanish. We're not going to know. Oh, my God. So here we go. Tony says to focus is, <laughs> you, the focus of the lyrics is about the strength of the people defending the country. But so the basic message is, we're totally here, but don't fuck with us. Quote, through tenacious struggle from fruitful toiling that brings a glow to men's faces, your children, simple farmhands, whensoever anyone should attempt to besmirch your glory, you shall witness your people be brave and robust, the rugged hand tool become weapon. Wow, beautiful. (laughs) You ready, Joe? Yeah, I'm ready.
You've been on your phone. You've been translating every word of this anthem in English, and you've been studying that. You've been studying that. What do you think about this anthem, Joe? I mean, frankly, I'm just looking to see if there's a secret encoded message in here where this guy's trying to get someone to break him out of prison. <laughs> but we know he already got out of prison. All he had to do was write this beautiful anthem. I mean, I, I think you have to respect the anthem that was both written under duress and at the last minute. There are some things where I feel like he's trying to like talk shit about Costa Rica because he's so mad at what's happened to him. Like your sons, simple farmhands. He's just like, your sons are fucking idiots. That's just the way it is in Costa Rica. Under the limpid blue of your sky. Limpid, no one wants limpid blue. (laughs) Look, this is what I think. I think this is a great story. Hey, this guy, he wanted to get out of jail. He was going to write a fucking national anthem. I wonder if the ambassadors were impressed. If they were like, wow, that's an anthem. We were just talking on the plane. We didn't think you guys had one. I mean, this feels like it is interesting. Like, what would it take to write an anthem? Like, you're in prison. You're like, you must write an anthem. Otherwise, you'll be in prison for the rest of your life. Yeah. It feels like this is like, 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 it feels like if you're writing an anthem, you just start with that, like, like jaunty. Yeah. You want a jaunty anthem. Yeah. Then the U.S. national anthem starts the same. I think every national anthem starts the same as that. I honestly, I think I could go. I think 30 countries would say, that's our anthem. That's our anthem. Look, I think, I think given the circumstances, he did a great job. (laughs) He's imprisoned. He nailed it. I'm going to say seven out of 10. Seven out of 10. Wow. The highest score before that was three and a half for Sweden. Please pick another Uno card. Let's see what we're doing next. All right. We are bringing it home for number six. Fan culture. Thank you to superfan Yannick, who does fan culture, fan emeriti. Costa Rica loves football. They claim to have the most soccer players per capita and call their nation stadium the, quote, diamond. Whenever Costa Rica plays in a big tournament, the whole country stops and watches the game. You can go to restaurants and watch with the waiters and the cooks. They are extremely passionate, but in a warm and welcoming way. Whenever Costa Rica wins, the streets are filled with people singing and hugging each other all the time. There's a strong community of Costa Ricans in most American cities. And so I said, there's a Costa Rican supermarket in San Francisco. So you will always have people to cheer with. Chance, away. That sounds more like, oi, <laughs> oi, I can't, I can't even tell. I, I can't, I, I don't, he's, he's said terms that I don't understand, but it says it's ole in Spanish, but I would assume that would be ole, but he says it sounds like more like oe. He says their biggest rival, boy, Joe, take a guess. Who's their biggest rival? Panama. Their biggest rival is a country where you and I are right now. Uh, they don't. Costa Rica don't give a fuck about Panama. I don't know. Look, yeah. look, isn't your neighbor usually your rival? No. Their rival is the same as ours, Mexico, because they purport themselves to be competitors in CONCACAF. Well, that makes sense. Obviously. It makes sense. Obviously. And, and frankly, Mexico won CONCACAF this year in yeah. qualifying, and Costa Rica was the a US clear... The team is not good enough was for Costa Rica to care about it. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, we're not a rival. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're like, we kind of dislike the U.S. and Panama, but they're basically... I think they'd like us more if they found, if they could export guaro and we could fucking start drinking. I think Americans drinking. would love guaro. It sounds oh, okay. It really does. Uh, let me ask you this, Dan. Hearing about this fan culture, is Costa Rica the Green Bay Packers of world football? Green, the Green tiny, Bay... Tiny place that shouldn't be as good as it is. The Green Bay Packers won the first two Super Bowls and... They're almost more famous for winning Super Bowls and being Vince Lombardi than they are for being anybody else. They're tiny, but you're right. I, I think I'm there's something the there. Like, the, the, like, you hear the stories about Green Bay. Like, everything stops. Like, shops are closed. Like, that's what I'm talking about. The fact that it's like everyone is – it's a small place where there's more soccer players per capita than any – Other than the success that the Green Bay Packers have had in Super Bowls past – and, 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 you know, a few in the, the modern era, but, you know, not overwhelmingly so. I think if you look at World Cup parlance, you found a team that's absolutely outshooting their population. Totally. You found a team, if you want to root for a team where you go to a bar and you are rooting for Costa Rica and you find any Costa Rican fan, you're going to love them. If you find any neutral fan, they're going to be rooting for fucking totally. Costa Rica. Absolutely. And if you ever went to Costa Rica, let's, let's, let's couch this in the terms that, Joe, you, during your honeymoon in 2006, can you just explain that for the podcast? Yeah, that I had the amazing experience of being in Italy when they won the 2006 World Cup. You were in Italy, and what happened? We were in Florence, Italy, and every game they would have, um, you know, these piazzas in Italy, these plazas, and they're every 10 blocks or so, right? And anyone you went to, some bar set up a giant TV screen outside. Of course, it's summer, so it's hot as fuck. And you would just sit outside with a bunch of Italians watching it. We went to the same plaza every game, and we watched, and we kind of like became friends with the people there. We, you know, got to know them. I actually feel like I learned to really appreciate soccer. I always liked soccer before then, but I learned like the whole like American notion of like, there's barely any scoring. I mean, the Italian fans, when, when they, you know, have a good tackle and steal the ball from their opponent, they cheer like us fans cheer when their team scores a touchdown. So like, I understood like, Oh, well what's, what's exciting about soccer is that you don't only get exciting things happen when they score. It's exciting all the time. So when they won, it was the biggest – it's the biggest celebration I've ever seen. Everyone was awake. The whole city was – I mean they won the fucking World Cup. They won the World Cup against – they had to beat Germany in Germany and then France in the final. Like their two biggest rivals. Yeah. To win. Of course, that game was crazy because that was the Zidane headbutt game. Yeah, and yeah, it was, yeah, it, yeah. It was a crazy game too. That was – Pretty stupid yeah. move by Zidane. And also that, like, I mean, that the Italians sort of didn't have a right... Like, they were not as good a team as France. I think it's arguable they weren't as good a team as Germany in that world. Like, they did not really have a right to win it, but they won it anyway. So it I don't think fair. Costa Rican was worthy of the quarterfinals, if you look at... But, but hey, they're scrapped. They've got an unbelievable goalie, and they made it that far. Absolutely. Being being in the country was amazing. And we'll get to this later on the podcast. I won't, I won't reveal it now, but I will be abroad. For the 2018 World Cup. Oh, no. And the country that I am in will be in the World Cup. 
I don't even know this. And we haven't discussed it yet. I know. I know, I know it can't be Italy because I, they, they ain't it. Sweden disqualified them. The country that I will be in during the 2018 World Cup final is a country that we have not yet discussed on this podcast, but will. Well, that doesn't say much because we haven't discussed fucking 29 of the 32 countries. Anyways, Joe, what's your score for fan culture? I think it's a great fan culture. I love the fact that... I mean, this is a country, if you went to Costa Rica, yes. literally everybody yeah, on the street, game. like, yes. the, the whole country stops yes. during the World Cup games. Yes. This is, I think, 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. That's a fair score. Absolutely. Joe, pick the Uno card. What's next? Nine. System of government. Head of state. From Superfan Bez. Fan Emeritus Bez. One of the most prosperous and politically stable countries in the region, Costa Rica is the only Central American state without a permanent standing army mm-hmm. after it was abolished in 1948. Even better on the atrocity scale. <laughs> they haven't had an army in 60 and 70 years. You already gave them a 10 and a 10 job. It also enjoys one of the highest standards of living in the region, although a significant percentage of Costa Ricans or Ticos, as they like to be called, continue to live below the poverty line. Oh, oh boy. Known for its beaches, mountain ranges, volcanoes, and varied wildlife, Costa Rica's rich biodiversity makes it a popular destination for eco-tourists, traditionally a producer of agricultural goods such as coffee and bananas. Its economy has to <laughs> But not enough, Joe. Not, not enough, enough to, not enough, not enough to be it. correct. God damn it. Its economy has diversified, and tourism now ranks as the country's number one earner. Labeled a flawed democracy, oh boy, Costa Rica has an executive as president and a legislative assembly, but is mired in accusations of corruption and financial mismanagement. Deputies are elected to the assembly by proportional representation, which allows the true voice of the electorate to be heard. Historically, the country had a two-part system between the PLN and PUSC, but the most recent elections were won by the moderate Citizen Action Party and their candidate, Luis Guillermo Solis, who is seen as a refreshing change. Since taking power, the centrist government has introduced incentive for electric vehicles and expanded drinking water to 97% of the country. Overseeing the other branches of government is the Supreme Tribunal of Elections, which controls elections and attempts to stop corruption. Despite some historical problems, it is good to see the country take steps to right the wrongs of previous leaders. We now have to wait and see if the new centrist movement keeps this going. Any comments before I get into the head of state? Uh, No, let's move on to the head of state. I want to hear the full picture. And info about the head of state, which has been previously referenced, thanks to fan emeritus Ryan. President Luis Guillermo Solis. Why you might like him, Joe. His centrist party was made to challenge the two-party system, and he is the first third-party candidate to ever win the president of Costa Rica and was elected with 77% of the vote. Well, you might not like him. He's 77% got, of the vote is ridiculous, by the way. He's got a 16% approval rating. Ooh, that's low. That's Trump level low. <laughs> that's, that's much lower than Trump. 
economic problems. Their debt is worth 6% of GDP. I honestly have no idea what that means, but it... It sounds high. Maybe it's low. I don't know. If if Ryan is saying it, it sounds like a lot. Ryan knows what he's talking about. And he was the 2016 Shark Enemy of the Year. What does that mean? I have not... I'm reading the cards, Wait, Joe. I just want to make sure I'm hearing. Shark Enemy. Shark Enemy. So... Is that an, wait, hold on. Hold on. I have two questions about that. Is that either... I have no answers to either, these questions. Either... There's like a rating of how much you are an enemy to sharks, and he is the number one. Yeah. Or it's like a different, it's like a Shark Tank type show <laughs> where you go in front of someone and you explain why this person should be. He went friend. on Shark Tank and they were like, we you're, don't like you're, him. You're awful. You're I bad. Hate, I hate it. You're bad. Number one shark enemy. I think it's the, it's the first, the former. His idea was so stupid. <laughs> I think we can make a country... With our active volcanoes, but lots of people should live here. Look, I, Shark Tank, I want to set up international distribution for my guaro. It's great. Right? <laughs> Everybody will love it. Vodka is a thing of the past. You don't need guaro it. Guaro is a new vodka. <laughs> Cheap. We call it guaro goose. Great. <laughs> uh, all the elites are drinking. You're a shark enemy. We hate it. <laughs> you should be embarrassed, Luis Guillermo. I mean, I feel like for Ryan to just throw that out there, fan emeritus Ryan, to throw that out there without explanation. It's bad. But if you are, just to go back to it, in all seriousness, though, if you're an enemy to sharks, that sort of means you're a friend to people. I honestly think he's saying an enemy to sharks living in the water. And I think... That's good. That's great. No, I like sharks. I'm pro-shark. Oh, wow. I'll say it on the podcast. Anti-shark. Strongly <laughs> anti-shark. Joe, I know that's a popular opinion, but sharks are just doing their thing. It's a popular opinion because it's right. No. Nah. Sharks are fucking scary. Because. And they have dead eyes. You think humans are the most. Oh, every everybody should count out a humans. Fuck you. Look, me and, me and Luis Guillermo, we get it. Fuck the sharks. And I don't care. I don't care if the, if the fucking big, big shark lobby Labels me the number one shark enemy next year. I don't care. I'll never support your pro-shark-centric viewpoint. And you and Luis Guillermo Solis can go fuck yourselves. And I know, look, Costa Rica, as you stupidly figured out before... He's an idiot. Idiot. Does border a lot of coastline. Yeah, in the warm Caribbean water where those sharks are plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I picture Luis Gamer just on on a fucking catamaran with a shotgun just shooting sharks. No. We're done with that. Okay. Joe, that's done. We're not hearing any more about sharks. Sharks are wonderful, beautiful beasts who are living the world. They're just trying to survive. They're not trying to kill people, Joe. We're done. Don't say anything negative about sharks. Add one thing. Okay, no, it's fine. I'll rate, the, I'll rate this category. I like that the Ticos... Are maybe addressing some of their corruption problems? Good, they don't have corruption problems. They're the most stable government in the fucking era. Flawed, flawed democracy. You're a d- you, you flawed, flawed democracy. This system's a joke, Joe. I don't. Obviously, there are a lot of Costa Ricans that buy into your. This rating system is a flawed charts. democracy. It is. It is. A, it's a. It's a dictatorship. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Joe Tatorship. Uh, yeah, it is. 
It's it's a jolligarchy. <laughs> it's a religious jolligarchy. Look, sixty percent approval rating is not great though. That is that is sub Trump level. That's bad. That's bad. Especially if seventy seven percent of people voted for you. I mean, it takes a lot for people Look, to Joe. Admit that Joe. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Democracy simply. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Actually, as you think about, it, people don't like to admit when they're wrong. So either the Costa Ricans are a very fickle people, which is fine. Maybe they are. We don't know. The Ticos change their mind a lot. Or 77% he's been Do not so big rides to the Ticos. That 77% are now like, oh, fuck that guy. I mean, at least 60% changed their mind and were like, this guy was a disaster. <laughs> uh, but you're right. Most stable government in the region, they have to do well here. Let's say five and a half out of ten. Five, yeah. It has to be better than five. So, Dan, two categories left. This next one's either going to be a wild card, and we get to pick between the two, or we're just going to be stuck. Oh, my God. And the wild card is last. Fantastic. Okay. What is it? You have turned over an eight. You'll see all your favorite soccer stars, like Ariaga, Ariaga 2, Bariaga, Aruglia, and Pizza. But no. When will you get bored of the soundboard? I'll never. Never. So, Joe, you pick celebrity. I'm ready for it. Karsten. Fan Emeritus Karsten, what do you have for us? Karsten says, quote, For a smaller country as Costa Rica, the celebrities packed a surprising punch. I was skeptical I'd find three to rate, but he had no problem doing so. The bronze medalist goes to Franklin Chang Diaz, a NASA astronaut. He has 12,000 Twitter followers, though, okay. he is, though he's unverified. Oh, Fra- oh that's bad. <laughs> Franklin Chang Diaz is a Costa Rican Chinese astronaut. He graduated from MIT in 1977 with a doctorate of science in plasma physics. That's legit physics. Anytime plasma is in the name. From 1989 to 2002, he participated in seven space missions and three spacewalks. That's a lot. That's insane. He's When you're walking in space multiple times, that's insane. Joe, knowing the risks, how badly do you want to be in space? Would you blast off on a space shuttle that had a 99% chance of success to blast you into space so you could be weightless? Or would you not do it? So the whole... The whole mission. The whole mission is 99%. 99%. One out of 100 times, you're going to burn up. I mean, I feel like 99 out of 100 is pretty pretty good. But, I mean, honestly, I think I would. I think I'd do it. you do it. you do, do it. it. Fuck it. Yeah. you do it. Yeah. Fuck it. And 99 out of 100. I mean, that's... Most of the time. The huge... What would your favorite thing to do when weightless? What? If you're weightless, like, you're in space, you're in the space station, you can do whatever you want, what's the number one thing you want to do? I mean, I really like when you watch videos of people weightless, and they drink liquid. They're kind of, like, catching it. You can't really <laughs> see what No one can see what I'm doing. But, yeah, like, yeah. but it, it, like, drinking water is boring. But it's like a game when you're in space. Yeah. You're like, oh, cool, we get to go drink water. That's... Like, live it up. I feel like they should make it more of a game than they do because I think the astronauts that go up there are kind of, I mean, no offense to Franklin Chang Diaz, but I feel like astronauts, they're all business. They're all business. I think you need some jokesters. I feel like they should play. What if you did this? You open up like 
five water bottles, and you're like, whoever ends the most hydrated wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Start yeah, yeah. flying around, chomping no, around. No, no, like, I feel like you yeah. should play cornhole up there. I feel like oh you should God. make a thing and use it, and you have to, like, instead of throwing it, you, like, spit the water out and just, oh like, aim for the It will be, like, slow motion, but it'll be awesome. And when you miss, the other person goes to, like, pick it up and just, like, drink it. Yeah, I mean, you just spat it out, so it's kind of gross. But, like, you no, know. No, no, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. You're all astronauts. Yeah. You've all been vetted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We have a blast up there. Joe, do you think, I mean, this is coming out of left field. Do you ever think you'll ever be in space in your lifetime? I think so. Yeah. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually fairly confident. Yeah. You're fairly confident you're going to yeah. be in space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like... It's when kind of, do you think you're going to be in space? At what, at how old do you think you're going to be where you're going to be in space? I think... I now, think, let the record show you're what? You're 36 right now? 36. I think that... With before, three annoying, yeah. horrible yeah, children. No, I think, but, well, I know why you'd want to go to space, having spent the last look, three days with you and your I family. I fucked up my life on this planet. <laughs> yeah. I gotta go see what else is out there. <laughs> Get out of here as fast as you I've can. I've created some problems down here. <laughs> <laughs> abort abort before i'm 60 i bet i'll be in space really yeah it's gonna be like you know if you ask someone in the 1970s will you ever own a computer in your home they'd be like fuck no it's like a giant room that cost thousands of dollars yeah. and like why would i even want that and then like so the technology just like it hit a threshold that then it just became now you're taking your computer into the ocean yeah, on your on watch, head. and it can it can spit out the water after it's, it's done pretty, with it. Pretty incredible. Um, I think I think space travel is going to be the same. It's going to become safe and cheap. Yeah. All right. You're here to hear first. <laughs> the weird. On the, you're, on, to on the you're going to abandon your family in a, in what twenty years? Now, what will be interesting is then will it be. Joe picks a, a galaxy. <laughs> Joe picks a planet to live on. Oh, there you go. That's going to be like the 21st season. season. Yeah. We'll record it from space. Zero gravity podcast recording. Oh, what Joe? The goddamn soundboard might float away from me for a second. So I'll get a word in. Hey, well, I'll keep it close. I'll keep it close. It's an idiot. Idiot. I have never seen such a thing. Joe, pick the last Uno card. Also, what did you give to that whatever you were doing? Wait, we only did the bronze celebrity. No. We, still, we still have two-thirds of the celebrity to go. <laughs> the silver celebrity is Harry Shum Jr. Do you know who that is? No. Harry Shum Jr. is an actor and dancer with various cinematic appearances. He has been the main backup dancer for J-Lo. Mariah Carey and Beyonce. He was in 2016's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny. And <laughs> Step Up 2 and 3. He won the yeah, TV Scoop thing. Awards <laughs> Breakout Male Star for his work in Shadow Runners. <laughs> Most notably... Shum Jr. played Mike Chang in the show Glee from 2009 to 2015. Wow. Joe, did you watch Glee? No, I didn't. Oh, my goodness. I think both my current girlfriend and ex-girlfriend loves Glee. Yeah. But it's not not exist anymore. Apparently, 
this guy was big in Glee. So let's just skip to the gold medal because neither of us know who this guy is. And Joe, your coworker Karsten has taken the rules you gave him and he, if I want to use the appropriate terms for this podcast, we're a family podcast, he took a dump on them because his gold medalist is none other than the keeper. No, Carson. No, Carson, he did. we had one rule. Kaylor Navas is the gold medal celebrity, the keeper on the Costa Rica national team and the keeper for Real Madrid. And Carson says, in a country where soccer is king, on a podcast about the World Cup, who else could be the number one celebrity than the most popular soccer player in this country, Navas has been the starting keeper for Real Madrid since 2015. Some of his individual honors include CONCACAF Keeper of the Year in 2016 and La Liga Player of the Month in 2014. In the 2014 World Cup, he had three clean sheets out of five matches, leading Costa Rica to their first ever quarterfinal appearance where they lost to the Netherlands in a shootout. That's kind of on him, though. After allowing only one goal in the group stage, where Costa Rica won their group, he led a shutout victory versus Greece and won man of the match. Yeah, we already know that, Karsten. That's, I, I feel like Karsten did a little bit of a cop out there. Karsten, Navas, based on earlier stated rules, is disqualified. Wow. <laughs> wow. Meaning that the gold celebrity is Harry Shum Jr., which is not a great celebrity. Who nobody's ever heard of. One out of ten. Joe, come on. Come on. No, no. Dan? That's Joe. They don't have have good celebrities. I'm... The astronaut gives them one point. The astronaut can't give... Somebody who's been in space isn't worth three points? Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Two. Two. All right. Harsh and unfair. All right, Joe. There's only one category left. (laughs) And it's the wild card. Joe? Rate the drink. Rate the drink. We have not been drinking the drink. We tried to get it. Boy, we tried. So we hard to get the guara. We did. It was ungettable. But all I want is guara now. I know. I'm so curious. I know. I know. Look, you know, part of a good drink rating is, has to be, Dan, the accessibility of the drink, which obviously guaro no, fails. No, no. I, Joe, we're going to be sampling drinks from countries around the world. But that being said, say that the Perrier, the lime Perrier and rum is pretty delightful, Dan. It's a great drink. It's a really, I mean, I went back for more and I finished it. <laughs> I've had quite a few of these. This is a very unfair but positive characterization of the Costa Rican drink. I, look, from the description of Guaro, I feel like this is 90% right. I Yeah, yeah, I think... Guaro is a rum-based drink. I think it's probably a little sweeter. But yeah, I think the drink we were supposed to drink was a Guaro Sour. Yep. And you're close. This is basically that. Yeah, it's cool. probably tastes nothing like it. I'm going to give this drink... We, we flew to fucking Mexico. We tried the best we could. We did. We did. What do you want us to do? I think we did a great job. I think this drink was great. I bet Guaro is even better. Five and a half out of ten. Five and a half out of ten. Costa Rica's final score is 71. 71. Which 
now with a new average, puts their average at 6.45, over 6.5. That's, that's so- solid. So Sweden qualified at an average of 5.96. Australia was eliminated at an average of 4.83. This is adjusted for the new category system. So what say you, Costa Rica, Joe? I think much like their improbable run in 2014, Costa Rica's got to move on. Tico, I wish we knew what their chant was. I knew it's something something about Tico's. It's it's just ole. Oh, yay. (laughs) Oh, yay. That was good. Oh, okay. (laughs) That was good. I felt like there was a real Tico here with me. The Tico's are in for the knockout round with 71. Well-deserved, I think, Dan. Not only well-deserved, they have the top score in our system. Costa Rica is now the team to beat. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Very exciting for a CONCACAF team to actually do well in some sort of World Cup stage. And then after that? The next two teams we're recording are, of course, Uruguay and Russia. So if you've got feedback on any of those teams, or you've got feedback about this episode, or any of the upcoming teams, send it to worldcup at joepixpod.com. And thanks for listening, guys. Good night, Dan. Mm -hmm.